New Thought Media Network. We are a global broadcast network of positive music, media, and entertainment. Inspiring humanity's evolution along the journey of enlightenment and creating a world of love, peace, empowerment, and prosperity for all. New Thought Media Network. Positively inspiring. Again, dear ones, Dr. Robert with you here on a Friday night. It's time for the good news here on the New Thought Media Network. So grateful that you are with us. Thank you for being here. Please do hit the like button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button. Whatever buttons are available to you, as long as they're in the positive direction. Let your friends and family know what we're doing out here on the New Thought Media Network as we share the good news stories of the week, or at least the stories I found that are kind of interesting. I find them interesting. I trust that you'll find them to be good news stories as well. Let's dive right into it tonight. Uh, scientists in Switzerland uh, have managed to generate electricity from the deadly E. coli bacteria. This is something that could lead to a valuable uh, that could lead to a valuable byproduct from wastewater. So what's happening is uh, this team used a process known as extracellular electron transfer to engineer the bacteria and make them highly efficient electric microbes, and that led to a threefold increase in electrical current generation compared to conventional strategies. Yes, creating electricity from E. coli is not, and other bacteria is not exactly new. However, researchers did say that because E. coli can grow on a wide variety of sources, it allows us to produce electricity in a wide range of environments, including wastewater. Now, unlike previous methods, the bioengineered E. coli can produce electricity while metabolizing a variety of organic substances. Thus, they tested their te technology on wastewater collected from a local brewery. We all know that uh, all kinds of things grow in breweries, yeast all, as well. With all the current research efforts, I think that might have been a pun, all the current research efforts in the field, we're excited about the future of bioelectric bacteria and can't wait for us and others to push the limits that this technology into new scales. Wow, what an amazing story. Electricity or life coming from what we think takes life. E. coli has long been considered a bane on our existence. 
And, you know, here's another story that falls right in line with that. Many uh, look at Alzheimer's as the, a, a fatal diagnosis or the end of the road. Well, experts find uh, have learned why exercise prevents Alzheimer's disease and believe that that could eventually lead to a cure. The reason exercise prevents Alzheimer's disease has been discovered, and it could lead to a new treatment for currently incurable conditions. Experts have found that a hormone called irisin, I-R-I-S-I-N, irisin, released during a workout is associated with the plaques and tangles in the brain that are thought to cause Alzheimer's. Physical exercise has been shown to reduce amyloid beta deposits in various mouse models, uh, but the mechanisms involved here have remained a mystery. Now, a team from Massachusetts General Hospital have published the results in a journal Neuron, and it appears to solve the puzzle. Previously, the researchers had developed the first 3D, 3D human cell structure models of Alzheimer's, and their studies documented two major hallmarks of the condition, the generation of amyloid beta deposits followed by two tangles in the brain, T-A-U, tau tangles in the brain. <clears throat> it was known that exercises increases circulating levels of the muscle-derived hormone irisin, which regulates glucose and lipid metabolism in fat tissue and increases energy expenditures by accelerating the browning of white fat tissue. Previous studies also revealed that irisin occurred in human and mouse brains, but, in but it was reduced in those suffering from Alzheimer's. So the team applied the hormone to the 3D cell structure model of the disease. And what do you know? We're learning more and more every day. You know, they, they say brain science is making its comeback or, or, or expanding, excuse me, making a comeback. And as uh, those that uh, dabble, if you will, in brain sciences, I'm not a scientist. Uh, however, I love to learn more and more about how the brain works with a master's in consciousness studies. Uh, I, I've done quite a bit of study there. And this is just a fascinating story that, again, we can take what appears to be uh, a detriment to the human brain. And we're finding ways that, well, exercise is good. We've always known that. <laughs> Even if you don't like it, well, we got to keep going. Time for more exercise. All right, let's get into a technology story here. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Those that are familiar with the program know that we get a lot of our stories over at either the goodnewsnetwork.org or sunnyskies.com. Both provide great resources to find more special, uh, more wonderful good news stories. And this next story I found over at sunnyskies.com. Uh, and you know that I'm a big, I love stories about alternative energy, renewable energy, but also what are we going to do with all those wind turbines? Well, here's another innovative story in a collection of stories we've been featuring where wind tur turbine blades uh, that normally are either sent to a landfill or are incinerated are being turned into footbridges that can hold up to uh, uh, 30 tons. 
Now, currently, there are about 11,000 wind turbines just in the United Kingdom alone. That's where this is all happening. And estimates suggest that 450 blades will be decommissioned in Ireland by 2030 as well. All this cre creates tons of non-recyclable waste. So the Queen's University Belfast started a program called Rewind to work to, and figure out ways to repurpose the blades. So geography experts, design architectures, and engineers have been working together that, that and have discovered that by using just two wind turbine blades, they can create a bridge. Now, the team has successfully built two footbridges in Ireland, a 21-foot bridge in, in Daperstown, Northern Ireland, and a 15-foot bridge in Cork in the Republic of Ireland. The bridges, which are made from two wind turbine blades, are known as blade bridges <clears throat> and passed rigorous testing in May. There is a third bridge that is also underway in Atlanta, Georgia. A unique jump from Ireland to Georgia. Uh, for the Draperstown Bridge, computer aided modeling was used to come up with the structural design, but the researchers had concerns that the bolts used to combine pieces might tear the weight, uh, tear the structure when weight was added. So they tested that by loading 34 blocks, each weighing about 1,100 kilograms, and the results were very, very positive. The bridge was able to take much more weight than they expected. Now, Kenny McDonald, one of the end, uh, the technical manager, uh, said, we designed the bridge to avoid failures, and during testing, there was no tearing, no failure at all. We kept loading these concrete blocks, and we could not get the bridge to fail. That is good news. We're continuing to work with the network and our colleagues in the U.S. on the bridge in Atlanta, continued uh, McDonald. After this, we'd like to see if more blades can be added to make it longer. We'd like to join two, join two together and increase the length. We're hoping to secure further funding to do this, he said. Uh, what a great idea. Can you see that all across America, folks? Turbine bridges, blade bridges. We have so many pedestrian bridges over so many highways in this country. What if we start creating those bridges as necessary and retrofitting those that are going uh, beyond their life cycle out of turbine blades? I love this idea. Cool, 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 cool. Hey, you know, good news stories come in a lot of different ways. And this next story is falls into that category of i think of corporations doing good i know a lot of us don't like the corporations and a lot of corporations out there we could argue are not doing good but this is a good news story about a bank that is helping uh, in australia that is helping a man whose life savings were scammed away from him this is a good story now, scammers had tricked Alex Shaw, 78, uh, who was recently diagnosed with dementia, scammed him out of 500,000, almost 500,000 Australian dollars. The way it works, if you haven't heard of these, uh, the scammers use all kinds of tricks. If you get a notice that your Norton antivirus isn't working, that's what those are, uh, among other things. And uh, unfortunately, Mr. Shaw 
uh, answer called the phone number that he was directed to for support. While well, the scammers took advantage of him and placed uh, had him place a client, <clears throat> an application on his desktop called AnyDesk. Please don't use AnyDesk unless you know what you're doing. Unfortunately, Alex was scammed out of money and uh, his bank originally, the Australian and New Zealand banking group ANZ, uh, were told that uh, he was the victim of a scam and there wasn't much they could do about it. Well, it was decided in a stroke of good fortune that the bank actually was aware of Alex's condition and was aware that he had been scammed previously in such an attempt. And therefore, they could have done more to, to prevent the problem. Now, ANZ's fraud detection system did block all the transactions after the first couple because they were going to an unknown offshore bank account Three months after it all happened, ANZ decided to refund Alex the $460,174.00 Australian into his account. Bank representatives speaking with news outlets used the opportunity to encourage the children of relatives of those with dementia or cognitive decline to take steps to ensure greater security around financial management. Alex's son, Victor, has set up a power of attorney over the account and other measures can be taken. Good news, good PR by ANZ, the Australian and New Zealand banking group, and that Alex gets his life savings back. Happy to hear that. How about you, folks? Hey, we're here on the good news on a Friday night, and we're going to take just a brief moment to let a couple of our sponsors and individual uh, sponsors say hello and share a little bit about who they are. But please stay with us. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a couple minutes with more of the good news here on New Thought Media Network. Be 
back with more of the good news here on the new thought media network friday night and we're celebrating those stories that remind me we really are living in a world that works for all and that means all life and our next story is about exactly about that down in new south wales australia there is a massive campaign to connect about 750,000 acres of coastal habitat for koala bears and we all know how cute and cuddly a koala bear looks. Don't try to do this in the wild, folks. Uh, but a new logging ban has come into effect that will protect 106 different hubs across 21,000 acres of forest where koalas in the wild are known to congregate in their largest numbers. This is part of that greater mass campaign. Uh, Nature Conservancy Council Acting Chief, Chief Executive Brad Smith said it was a historic step forward, describing the area as the most important koala habitat in the world. Now, this parcel is just one part. Uh, however, it is one of the key parts to, a, uh, to the 750,000 acres that a coalition conservation organization is hoping to protect to and further ensure koalas can survive across time. Given the moniker, the Great Koala National Park, uh, the land is a currently split between the conservation areas and state forested, uh, state forest across an area the size of Yellowstone Park here in the United States. This would unify it all under a heavier level of protection uh, currently, only 85% of the Great Great uh, the Great Koala National Park, uh, only about 85% of the proposed land is protected from logging, and the coalition acknowledges that the latest ban is merely a step in the right direction. There is more that is necessary. Uh, the Great Na Great Koala National Park estimates it would cost the state about 1.5 billion to buy all the land and set up the park infrastructure. While the worldwide fame of having a place to come and be practically guaranteed to see koalas in the wild would add handsomely to the already 20 billion made every year in the state of New South Wales from nature tourism. Seems like a smart move and seems like it shouldn't be hard economically. We're working to save the koalas in their natural habitat in Australia. I love it. Hey, speaking of saving habitat, have you heard about what's happening in Maine? Now, Maine rivers are the only ones left in the U.S. where Atlantic salmon can return to spawn. And the most productive of these rivers is having one of its most productive years ever recorded. Uh, after removing the Bangor Great Works Dam on the Penobscot River, ocean-going river-spawning fish began to return in large numbers. As of late July this year, an estimated 1,500 salmon have passed by a fish lift 
at a place called Milford. I assume that's much like a fish ladder. Uh, in Milford, uh, the most of the, that's the most that have been counted since 2012 when the dam was first removed. Now we're up to almost 1,500 salmon. It's been a good year thus far. Jason Valeries, that's the marine resource scientist for the Maine Department of Marine Resources. Let's hope they keep coming and we'll see another good push this fall. So that number is going to grow. Now, Maine is the only remaining state in the Union where wild Atlantic salmon run up river. Uh, however, fishing for wild uh, Atlantic salmon is prohibited. Interestingly, uh, another uh, experience is happening where the alewives and uh, blue-black uh, uh, blueback river herring are running up that Milford lift as well as of July 22nd over five and a half million fish had run up that lift uh, shattering more than double the year-to-date record for the period uh, up to the 22nd uh, these fish are important as they somewhat protect uh, the salmon uh, the ale, the alefish, um, the alewives provide cover for upstream migrating adult salmon so that eagles and ospreys and other birds of prey uh, capture the alewives and eat them rather than the salmon. Since 2020, over 69 river dams were removed in American rivers, opening up over 624 miles of waterways to flow freely and helping connect populations of, Spanish, of salmon species like the Chinook, the Choho, and Pink, as well as steelhead, cutthroat, and bull trout, Bantrams bass, greater red horse, long-nosed dace, and northern brook lamprey. Those last three are on the endangered species list or on the threatened or endangered species list. Taking out the dams. I never changed the slide. I'm sorry. There's your, there's your Atlantic salmon. Uh, taking out the dams turns out to be a good thing. We're saving the fish population and doing a good thing. Exactly, Wayne. Be kind to animals. Be kind to everyone, no matter where you're going. Hey, here's another story that uh, we've been following over time. And this one's taken another leap forward, if you will. Uh, the world's first piloted flight of an electric aircraft powered solely by liquid hydrogen has happened. Uh, the H2 Fly is a Stuttgart, Germany-based developer of hydrogen electric powertrain systems for aircraft. Uh, they announced that they have successfully carried out four flights from Maribor, Slovenia, and powered by liquid hydrogen, all part of their flight test campaign, including one flight that lasted for over three hours. Now, I didn't know this, but liquid hydrogen is actually uh, lighter than gaseous hydrogen, and therefore that helps to, to extend the flight time and the flight range. Results of the flight indicate that using a liquid hydrogen in place of gaseous hydrogen will double the maximum range of the HY4 aircraft. That's going from 750 kilometers to over 1,500 kilometers. This is a crucial step towards the delivery of emission-free medium and long-range commercial flights, said the company's, uh, company spokesman. 
This year, Connect Airlines and Avia both have successfully flown aircraft using green hydrogen fuel. Uh, the latter was aboard a 40-seater regional aircraft during a 15-minute FAA airworthiness certificate flight. And the earlier was uh, during a 10-minute flight with a 19-seat aircraft. Testing continues to ensure safety. What another great story. Folks, we are moving into a new age and a new way of showing up in the world. Uh, green technologies are taking over, and that's a good thing. Hey, we got to do another quick thank you to a couple of sponsors, but we'll be right back after that and get going with one more segment of the good news. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Please help us say thank you to our organizational sponsors, including the Hefferlin Foundation, Affiliated New Thought Network, International New Thought Alliance, Science of Mind Archives and Library Foundation, Center for Spiritual Living Denver, Center for Spiritual Living Midtown, New Thought Philadelphia, Planned Happiness Institute, Summit Center for Spiritual Living, One Heart Retreats, Center for Spiritual Living on the Lake, Unity Spiritual Center, Kitchener, Ohm Center for Spiritual Living, La Mesa, Satya Center, Center for Spiritual Living, North Jersey, Unity of Savannah, and Center for Spiritual Living, Seattle, as well as all of our individual donors. Thank you for making New Thought Media Network a place to be. Please come be you. And remember, like, share, and subscribe. New Thought Media Network, positively inspiring. And we're back with more of the good news here on the New Thought Media Network. I want to introduce you to Oliver Jollis. Uh, Oliver works at the Pick of the Litter Thrift Shop in San Francisco. Uh, it uh, The... Uh, this thrift shop raises money for injured and orphaned animals. All profits go to the Peninsula Humane Society. Recently, Oliver was sorting through a pile of donated clothes and found a shirt that just kept losing money. All in all, about $5,000 came out of the shirt. Uh, now, uh, Jolis and another worker looked through the bag of the donation bag and found an old piece of paper with car insurance information. They tracked that down to a woman who uh, wanted to remain anonymous, but did confirm she had donated the bag and answered other identifying questions, after which Jollis returned the $5,000. The woman, again, who asked to remain anonymous, said he could have just put the money in his pocket and that was the end of the day and nobody would ever known, but he didn't. Thank you, jo thank you, sir. Thank you. Oliver, for being a good person. Speaking of being a good person, here's another one. Now, we don't have names on this, uh, but what happened here is a young woman had fallen into a river in China and was floating down the river. And what you see here is a man making a 26-foot leap, almost three stories, jumped off the riverbank into the river to help the young woman. There is video on the internet. You can find that. Uh, he swims towards the girl. Uh, she appears to be face down in the water by this point. He grabs her and swims back to safety. Other passerbys were able to lower a rope and lift the two of them out of the river. 
the girl was taken to a hospital and no injuries were reported from the accident. She recovered uh, just fine. Good people doing good stuff in the world, folks. That's what it is all about. And our next story is just the same. Uh, the gentleman on your left is, is Jason Pickett. Uh, he was in a situation where Jason and the young man on his right, Austin, uh, were in a physical therapy session inside of a pool. Now, Austin, uh, or I'm sorry, Jason decided he was going to see how long he could hold his breath underwater. Uh, Austin was quoted as saying he was underwater for about five or six minutes, and I knew that was way too long. He shouldn't be doing that. Pickett said he thinks he lost consciousness about after 30 seconds. Uh, this was all captured on a ring camera recording, and the surveillance capture the surveillance capture uh, captured Austin realizing something was wrong. He swam over to Pickett, quickly brought him to safety in the shallower part of the pool, and then ran out of the pool to call an ambulance. He later, Austin later said, "I started CPR because I saw it on Stranger Things." What a great story. Never underestimate the power of what your kids are watching on TV. Hey, we've got one more. Don't go away. It's time for our Hero of the Week. Dennis Brown is paralyzed from the waist down. You see him in his wheelchair there. Uh, it made a challenge for him to get out of a rental car as it was bursting into flames. Uh, he says a woman who pulled him out of the burning car is a true hero, risking her life to save his. He had rented a car from Enterprise equipped with hand controls. And Brown said, I'd been in the car several times. It seemed like the car was about to give out. I looked up and the front end was on fire. He started to panic while trying to get his wheelchair out of the car. Then suddenly a stranger was by his side. The car was engulfed in flames and she panicked as well, saying, oh, wow, this isn't going to happen. The woman quickly gave up on assembling the wheelchair, simply pulling Brown out of the car. Brown's mother said, oh, almost lost my child in this burning car, and I cannot thank her enough. If she had not pulled him out, he would have been burned in that car. She was his angel. The woman was unavailable for comments, and no one seems to have gotten her name. That's the good news, folks. Good people doing good for more good in the world. Hey, I'm Dr. Robert. I got to get out of here for now. We've run a little over tonight. So thank you for staying with me. I trust you're going to have a great weekend. We'll be back tomorrow morning, bright and early, with Reverend Mark Gilbert on the Saturday morning Science of Mind and Spirit Conversation Series. That starts at 9 a.m. tomorrow. So morning prayers at 8.15 and Reverend Mark with the Science of Mind and Spirit Conversation Series at 9. Join us again. Until next time. Oh, I almost forgot. Tune in in a half an hour. Reverend Michael Mangus will be here with the Fireside Chat. Until next time, I wish you peace and richest blessings. Bye now.